0: Please stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, We are going to be reading out of Hebrews chapter 2 this morning, which is on page 1001 in the black Bibles around the room. Um, There's no page number on that page for some reason, but what can you do? And uh, I want you to know if you don't have a Bible, please feel free to take one of these black Bibles home with you. And uh, the reason we're standing this morning is because uh, we really want to communicate honor for God's Word and our thankfulness for His Word. And so we don't want people to just stand because they have to, like some type of socialist national rally or something like that. We want people to be standing because it's truly their heart moving their bodies to honor God and His Word. So we hope that you would do that this morning. And similarly, we would hope that after we read the word, I will say these are the words of the Lord and you can say thanks be to God because we are thankful for that. So Hebrews chapter two, verses one through four. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels according to his will. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for us real quick. God, we thank you so much Um, with everything going on today. um, Lord, uh, epidemics and, and daylight savings and coffee cup lids that don't fit, Lord. Please let us see your son, Jesus, as glorified, lifted up, as the Savior, as somebody who is better than the angels. And please, Lord, let us not be distracted by everything else going on, including phones ringing or anything like that, God. We do pray in all honesty that you would be lifted up today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: My name is Jim, and I'm one of the pastors here at Living Stones. And I just want to welcome everybody here this morning, and I want to tell you what a privilege and honor it is for me to be able to be up here and walk through God's Word with, with each of you. And for those of you that call Livingstone's Sparks here home, it's nice to see the familiar faces again. Um, thank you for coming. For those of you that are new, though, whether you're new here to Livingstone Sparks for the first time or if you're new to church for the first time, I especially want to welcome you because I know... I know not only how hard and difficult it can be to come to a new church for the first time, but coming to church itself for the first time can be a little daunting. And I and I want you to know that we are super happy that you are here. And as Pastor Greg had said earlier, we want you to participate in as much of the service as you feel comfortable doing uh, with us here today. It's not gonna be too wild, we don't think. You're gonna pretty much what you've already seen is about what you're gonna get. There's gonna be some music. Um, some singing, some raising hands, you might get some amens going on. But other than that, it shouldn't be too wild. So just relax and, and enjoy, or so we hope. So, All right, let's get into it. So we are continuing on our study in Hebrews. Uh, like I said, we're in week three, and we've titled this study, Out of the Shadows. And what we mean by this is it is our goal to be to bring Jesus and to bring the Word out of the shadow of the Old Testament and bring it into today um, with us. It's, we've discussed earlier how Jesus is greater than the angels, and so that is our goal here is to, to bring that forward and show you that while the word that was brought to us by the angels uh, is quite powerful, now we're talking about the word being brought to us by Jesus and how much more weight that carries with us. So how many of us here have kids, let's say, between the age of, we'll do newborn and 35, right? And how often, how often are we saying, are you listening to me? Or remember when I said. I mean, we do this because we, I think we truly believe that um, our experiences in life, what we've heard, what we've seen, what we've lived, has prepared us to give this good advice and to tell them that. Um, The problem is, most of the time, they just know better, or so they think. Or worse yet, they just don't care. Or how about you ladies out there that are married? How often do you catch yourself saying to your husband, are you listening to me? Now, I only ask that one out of curiosity, because Emma would tell you that when she speaks... I am always listening. I am all ears. And she's not in here right now, so you could tell her that I said, I'm always listening. Okay? That's the way we'll do it. That's where we're going to go with that. Uh, the problem is, we, this happens so routinely throughout our lives. We, um, we're always being told something. We're always being told you need to listen, you need to pay attention. And we're always saying to others, listen to what I'm saying. Please pay attention that we tend to become immune to it. We don't listen to it. And the reason that this is so important today, I'll get into this in verse one, is simply that it's important because look at, we need to pay attention to what we hear. It's what it's telling us here. We need to stay the course and not be led astray. And I know that's difficult, like I said, because we are so used to, always being told, do this, do that, or telling, do this, do that. And not only do we not listen, others don't listen to us. But it tells us in verse 1, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Now, we're being warned against drifting away at the end of the verse here. But the authors he's not messing around at the beginning, because he starts off with that word, Therefore. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention. It's not a, hey, are you listening? Okay, now, I need you to do this. It's like the difference between us saying, hey, don't forget your lunch today or don't forget to take this medicine that is literally going to save your life. The way we say it is going to be directed in a matter according to the consequences that go along with it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come from us in a way that tells that individual you need to pay much closer attention. And we need to remember that because what we're talking about here, this is guidance that's coming from the Lord. We learned earlier on that Jesus is superior to the angels. And so his word is going to carry more weight. We need to pay attention to Jesus. The fact is we've learned scripturally that Jesus is superior to the angels. And because of this, we need to give so much more attention to what's said. This is so that we're not led astray. Because Jesus is superior to the angels, it means that we have to respond to what's being said as if it is life changing for us, because it truly is. Remember, this letter isn't written or this letter is written to Christians at the time. It's not being written to non believers. It has a life altering application for everybody. We're not being told to just listen, to hear what's being said, so that we we don't forget our lunch. No, we need to listen to it. We need to do it, and we need to apply it to our everyday life. We're doing this lest we drift away. If we don't pay attention and follow the Word, we're surely going to begin to drift away. And we're going to drift away into that secular world of our own flesh and our own sin. Now, how many times do we... Not how many times. How many people here have started a diet at one time or another, or that new workout plan, we're going to do it, we're going to hit the gym. Only to slowly and systematically just kind of fall away. We come up with a thousand different excuses for why it's okay, and it's because we know we're not going to die if we miss one day at the gym or we get that one extra taco at dinner or four but if we don't stay set in and focused on the gospel, it's an, on our own salvation, we're going to drift away. We're going to fall into that calling of the flesh, that calling of the secular world. And these are things that are going to have life altering repercussions for us. When we think about the word self drift, it's slow and it's methodical. It's not like a sprint or some speedy, fast action, it's kind of just unnoticed and under the radar. If you're walking through the mall, think about it. Do you notice every single person moving through the mall and every movement that they're making? Okay, again, now Emma's probably going to tell you that I do. And it's not that that I'm hyper-vigilant or anything like that. I'm just a little more observant. I like to watch people, that's all. But if you think about it... We don't notice every single movement, but if somebody were sprinting or running through the mall, that's going to catch our attention, it's going to draw our attention, and it's going to hold our attention. And we need to be careful because in this verses here, we're being warned to be hypervigilant or be hyper alert to the word. We're being warned here so that we can pay attention to the way the world is going to slowly and methodically draw us away from the word to the callings of the flesh. The word has, it has true real world meaning on all of our futures. The enemy is going to use everything available to pull us away and to cause us to drift. It's going to be the bright lights, the shiny cars. I'm just too busy with life. Uh, How often does that that one get to us? Maybe a beautiful beach in the summer, all the trappings of the flesh and sin that go along with it our own flesh is going to cause us to drift and force us and put us in a position where we don't pay much closer attention. Now, many of you have heard some of the amazing stories that I've been allowed to share from my time in Iraq. And there truly were some amazing signs and even what I would call miracles at the time. What many of you don't know is that when I got back from Iraq, when, when I first got back, I fell into that, I'll call it a crime, that crime of drifting away. I spent almost a year um, active, or at least attending our church in Las Vegas. And yet, um, during that time, I wasn't praying, I wasn't spending time in the Word. And I knew that I was wrong, but I was making all the right excuses to make it okay. Things like, I deserve a time of rest. Other senior men in the church, maybe it's time that they should be feeding me and giving giving back to me. I'd done so much or so I thought over the last 15 months that I could just rest a little bit and, and relax. It'll be all right. Until I was at a point where I had realized I had just been slowly and completely drifting away. It happens all too often, and we give it names like Burnout, Spirits Dried Up. If only God would speak to me and guide me. Yet here I was, I wasn't even asking him to speak to me or to give me guidance. Here I was pretending. I was making excuses for following my flesh and for drifting away. I was letting my boat slowly drift across that that lake of sin and acting like I was the one that had been wronged but it was me ignoring the word of the lord. It was me that was choosing to just drift away in sin and I was not glorifying god like I knew I should have been. Now the reason I'm telling you this is because the one thing I can see now while well, looking back on that is while all that was going on not only did I not talk to god, I wasn't talking to anybody about it. But also no one called me on it. I was fairly well respected within the church. I guess you could say. People felt for me because of the time that I had been deployed and and how long I'd been gone and what I'd been going through. And so I was kind of given space or given time to find myself, to heal, as they would say. And I knew it was wrong, and I was letting it happen. And we need to remember that we need to be alert for not only ourselves, but each other as well. It isn't until um, I got back on course that I realized I'd been drifting away, and that I'd been drifting away. That I was able to look back and see the damage I was able to see from my own sin and the cost from my own fleshly desires. So, how is it we allow this based on what we know about the gospel? Right? We know the truth and the seriousness of it. We need to remember the word has weight. It truly does. It has been proven throughout history to be accurate. And we also know from history that the punishment is going to be swift and it's going to be just. In verse 2 it tells us, for since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable. So remember, we're talking again about Mosaic law here. The word is being brought had was at the time was being brought to us through the angels. It was received or delivered to Moses by way of the angels, and we see this again in Acts seven verse fifty three. You who have received the law as delivered by the angels and did not keep it, you who received the law as delivered by the angels and did not keep it. We see here that the angels had a role in bringing the law to Moses, and we also see that it had some weight. It was proven to be steadfast because the Mosaic Law itself was steadfast. It was very strictly adhered to, or I should say it was supposed to be very strictly adhered to. At the time, it wasn't always. But the consequences were harsh, and it commanded to be followed and taken seriously. And if it wasn't, then yes, there was going to be consequences. If your kids don't listen to you, there are, there's repercussions, and we know this. And it's depending on what it is, it affects those repercussions and just how harsh they truly are. Every single transgression and disobedience received a just reward. It commands obedience. We can't hide from it, and we can't escape the truth. We tell our kids to clean their room, they don't listen, then there's a repercussion. There's a consequence. It's based on the importance of the command that we give them. But if we tell them, don't run in the street, and they don't listen, then our response is going to be quite different. Because we know the importance or consequence of not listening to that command is different. So this is going to lead me into my next point. <clears throat> there is no hiding from the truth. We know the Lord has spoken. And he has spoken about the gift of salvation. And has been upheld by those who heard. Now, we were, remember, the word was previously brought to us by the angels. But now we're talking about Jesus speaking to us. So if we're to take the Mosaic law or the word that we're brought by the angel serious, how serious then should we be taking the word that's brought to us by Jesus himself? There is no hiding from the truth. If your older siblings tell you to do something or you're going to get in trouble, yeah, maybe you'll listen, but most likely we don't. But don't you think your parent telling you personally carries more weight with it and more consequences? The son has proven to be so much greater than the angels. And so his words should then be regarded as greater. The greater the person, the greater the word. And so the greater the combination also if we ignore it. <clears throat> and what is it that we're ignoring? Think about it. We're ignoring his salvation. I want you to think about that for a second. When we're drifting away, we're drifting away from his salvation. We're neglecting the importance of that salvation. I mean, we see it throughout Scripture. They didn't take heed, and we're still doing it today. Adam and Eve didn't pay attention. There was a consequence. Jonah, think about that one. He he thought he could drift away also, and he ends up overboard in a whale for three days before getting... Belched up on the beach. I'm sure that was an awesome time for him. Um, but he thought he could ignore and hide God's commands. And it didn't work out for him. It's not going to work out for us. They weren't able to neglect the word, so I don't know why we think that we can. Um, if we look at the word neglect, or I should say, let's, let's look at the phrase from verse 3. If we neglect it, so great a salvation, and it truly is a great salvation, if we look at the... The ancient Greek translated neglect as, I'm not going to get this right probably, but I'm going to give it a shot, emilisantes. And we see the same neglect referred to in Matthew 22.5 where he's talking about the, the parable of the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. They paid no attention. They neglected and went off. They had an opportunity here, but they chose to ignore it. They neglected it. They chose to simply disregard this opportunity that they had, and they made light of it, and they drifted away from the salvation. That's right, they made light of it, and that's what we do when we drift away. And we we're talking about the gift of his salvation, neglecting or drifting away from it. We're not rejecting it like a non-believer would. We're literally neglecting it as believers. Remember, Hebrews wasn't written as an evangelical tract. It was written as a letter of encouragement as well as a warning to discourage Christians. It was written to those who were neglecting their walk with the Son. It was written to those who may be drifting away, and thus drifting away from his salvation. So I want you to think about that, drifting away from a great salvation. And yeah, it it truly is a great salvation. I mean, if we neglect something, it must not be great, correct? You would think. I mean, we're not going to neglect $10,000 sitting on the chair right in front of us, right? Sitting right there. Are we going to drift away from it? Are we going to slowly walk away so we can follow something else, uh, one of life's the bright lights or the, the callings of the flesh with $10,000 sitting there right in front of us? No, I don't think we are. But yet we continue to do it, and it's because we are of the flesh and we're of sin. And Jesus knew this, and He knew we were going to need to be reminded constantly so that we don't wander off, no matter how slowly it happens. Because salvation, salvation truly is. It was salvation by such a great Savior as Jesus. We just need to look at the cross for that. It was salvation that was at such an awesome and great cost, it was salvation at the cost of our sin. So why, do we, so why do so many of us neglect such a great salvation, and how is, it, how is this even possible? I'm going to give you one reason I think, and, and maybe it's because often we look at our salvation as if we are receiving a gift. Okay, It's like we're getting something that we don't necessarily deserve. It's not our birthday, it's not an anniversary, it's no special occasion. So we get this gift, and we know we don't deserve it makes it easier to kind of ignore it or drift away. We we feel like we haven't earned it. But we don't earn it. We can't earn it. Because in reality, what we should be looking at it for is what it really is. And that is, we're being rescued from what we deserve. It's not a gift that we don't deserve. We're being rescued from our own sin. We're being rescued from what we don't deserve. So my last point, but of course, by no means my least, verse 4 while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Remember that, it's distributed according to his will. It's spoken to us by his word. It's confirmed with signs, wonders, and miracles. It was then, it is today. It is the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now, we've covered the fact that the word has been spoken to us by him. It's been attested to us by others, the angels. We know it has weight. It comes from him directly. And he's confirmed or he confirms it to this day through various signs and miracles. And it's important to remember he does this according to his will. It's not based on command from man, not from us. We have nothing to say about it. It's not because we've begged or ordered or demanded it. It's because he has breathed it. He has willed it. Even Simon, after hearing the gospel, believed. And it says in Acts 8, verse 13 even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. As we should be. We should not only be amazed, we should remain amazed. Jesus also told us in Mark 16, verse 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. We as pastors, deacons, leaders, members, we need to give God something to confirm. But on the other hand, we also have to remember very carefully, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to bring forth these gifts according to his will. His will only. We can't work up a general miracle, we can't pray. We can pray for one, yes, but it's not based on how much effort we put into that prayer. All too often, I think we do too much damage when we think that miracles are not happening often enough or soon enough. And so we think that if we just show a little more enthusiasm or a little more excitement about it, then we're going to get it to, to happen for us. And this is thinking and acting in the flesh. If we look at today's movies compared to 30 years ago, well, okay, some of us can actually do that without having to go back and look at, at some of those movies from 30 years ago. Um, but if we look at the effects, the difference in the effects, today versus then, everything's got to be bigger. It's brighter. It's better. Everything's gotta, they're trying to make everything more exciting and to keep you caught up in the time. They're just trying to hold our attention it's so that we don't drift away from their product they want to hold our attention onto them and away from his word away from his salvation cuz after all it has no real bearing on our life if we miss a movie well it shouldn't so we need to be we need to be sure we don't do the same thing with the gospel gifts and miracles from the holy spirit are great in and of themselves but the gift of his of our salvation should be enough to keep us interested and on track, especially when we think about our future. We need to work together to make sure that we don't drift away. As an example of this, um, since I was talking about, about movies anyways, there's a movie called, the title of it is A Drift. It's actually based on true events. And the movie itself is not relevant to what we're we're talking about today. But there's a, a interview that was done with the lady that survived. And what it was is this couple were going to sail their boat from Tahiti to San Diego in 1983. And during that time, they encountered Hurricane Raymond. And at one point, the lady was going to go down below um, to kind of be safe from the rough seas, or so they thought. And she was knocked unconscious. And at the same, during that time, her fiancé was knocked overboard and lost at sea. And, when she, and after she came to, she realized she was going to have to continue to make whatever repairs needed to be done and get to safety on her own. And she spent 41 days at sea before she finally arrived in Hawaii. And she was asked about it later, and she said that while she was adrift, she didn't put really much thought into how great a loss there was with losing her fiancé. Now, the, quant- the consequences were, were not relevant to her at the time while she was adrift. All she concentrated on was, what, where am I going and what do I need to do to get there? So much like when we begin to drift away from the word, we need to be careful not to let what we think is our own survival in today's world be our focus and be our only focus. We need to continue to allow ourselves... We need to not continue to allow ourselves to drift within our own fleshly desires and sins. We need to remember to concentrate on our salvation and what it truly means for us in the future. We follow the word. We use it to protect each of us. It tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So ask yourselves, what's worse? that we deny the gifts and miracles of the Holy Spirit or that we counterfeit them. I think both are dangerous. Both are a means of drifting away from the gospel and drifting towards our own flesh. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention. We must guard against our own flesh so that we don't drift away. Away from such a great thing as our salvation, a reliable message, because the retribution will be just, and will be swift. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity today to gather in your word and to continue to grow. I ask that you, Lord, please be with each and every one of us as we go, not only about our day and the week to come, but about our lives. Help us to keep focus on on what is truly important, and that's your word, Lord. Help us to continue to be steadfast and to not drift away. We ask you this, Lord, because we understand the consequences. We understand that the retribution will be just and it will be swift. And we pray these things to you today in the name of your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.